Dude, first and foremost, did you watch the halftime show? No, I did not. Oh, my God. Watch it for about the last 60 seconds because I swear to God, it was the worst mic drop ever because there was Lady Gaga and she was like, Super Bowl 51, meh. Everybody, welcome to World One One Podcast. I'm your host Eddie V, the Chocolate Thunder with Wonder. Joining me is the Red Velvet Nordic Beast himself, Mr. Larry Giver. What is up, good sir? I am so determined to replace you, to, to replace your nickname with just calling you Nestle Wonderball. I will work at it until it just happens. Nestle Wonderball. Yeah. You've got that bald chocolate head. <laughs> <laughs> Toy inside. Uh, oh wow! Yes, everybody, I got a haircut that I'm was work on this every week until you just give up and submit to it. <laughs> well, I'll submit, all right. Oh God! Oh, everybody. So, Larry, I'll tell you what's up right now, though. What's up is this: Lady Gaga going Super Bowl Fifty One. <laughs> eh. <laughs> Uh, it's <laughs> mic drop ever, dude. Someone's on Twitter just like, "Congratulations to Lady Gaga for winning the Super Bowl championship." <laughs> like, uh, uh-uh. uh, oh, Super Bowl Fifty One, yeah. <laughs> wow, that needs to be the next great meme. I swear to Christ, if it's not, uh, anyways, shit. Well, Larry and his lovely wife Christine. Came to Evanston for the uh, for justice for the open book tour. Yeah, we we were out for a concert and uh, we were standing in line, and the the group of ladies in front of us were talking, and apparently they had bought uh, several tickets, and one person from their group didn't show up or couldn't make it, and they're like, you know anybody or you know you guys from around here? Like, no, we're from like two and a half hours away, and they're like, well. You know anybody around here? Like, as a matter of fact, I do. Let me call Eddie. Just a minute. Eddie, get your happy ass down here right now. I got you a front row fucking seat. Okay. And everybody, this is, this, this is how crazy it is. So I was at a mass conference and I got home around like about four, four fifteen and I'm still have my coat on. I'm still dressed up from the event. I, I'm, I'm just feeling like just on a high, like, Oh, yes. And I get this phone call, and it's Larry. You got a call on Facebook Messenger. Like well, it. yeah, but I mean, but let's just say it's still a call. And uh, I see, and I see, and I'm just like, "Hey, man, what's up? What's going on?" Because I was apologizing that I missed lunch with them uh, because I was at the conference. And Larry's just like, "What you doing tonight?" I was, and I, and I thought I told him just like, "Well, I'm supposed to go to a party tonight." Uh, 
He's like, uh-uh, no. Uh, I, we have a free ticket a lady is selling or giving away. So if you want to come to the concert, get your butt in yeah, the she, car. She's selling I... her ticket. She, she just wanted the 50 bucks that she paid for it. Oh. So. Well, so I'm just like, well, okay. So, and, you know, these are uh, Larry and Christine. They're guests from out of town. So I was just like, I can't, like, really do anything. Uh, I got to go and see them. I'm like, because they did drive a long way. So I gas up, drive out, and go to the open book tour, you know, got my ticket, you know, pay, pay, actually pay for it. Um, I was front row corner seat, like literally front row, just, and just seeing him perform. Better seat than we did. We had reserved table seats for the second row of tables. Well, yeah, uh, but you, you know the guys. But you know what? The people that you guys were talking to, they they were really cool, like really yeah. down to earth. Now, what you find in one of those shows as yeah. Now the guy, the bald headed guy with the orange shirt. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> I, I, I was my life was just like. See, and this is why I love Larry because his humbleness, like he endured this. I know Christine was just like, "Would you hurry up and leave?" Uh, but he was a um uh interesting character, I should say. God. I'm trying to black him out of that part of the night. Like like what happened? Like how did he run into Yatsu? Like what the heck did like I, where did you come from? No. Just suddenly he was there at our table. I'm like what the fuck are you? What are you doing? Stop it. That was it. I got nothing. It was a strange person being strange. Yes. Yeah, so. That's that's as fascinating as I can make that story. Yeah, so the show is good. Oh, this show was excellent. The open book tour, uh, uh, or live recording, I should say, was. See, you really fucked good. out, son, because that show's been sold out for months. I know. And, and paying the $50, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I could do that. I think someone else was selling their ticket, like, for 35 Yeah. Uh, I'm like, well, shoot, I'll pay the 50 I'm like, shoot. I'm, I'm like, I'm front row, not center, but like, even just being on the corner of it, I was. Well, as small as that room is, even off on the corner, that's still right up there, because it's not a right. big room. Like, capacity, I think, is maybe like 250 people tops. Yeah. And, you know, at first I got worried because I'm like, where is everybody? And then I start seeing people, they were standing in the back. I'm like, ooh. Yep. Y'all got here late. <laughs> but that being said, the hell have you been playing this week? I've been playing uh Puzzle and Dragons and Super Mario Puzzle and Dragons. Uh mostly Puzzle and Dragons. But um I've been getting further into Resident Evil seven. Um I I'm about to enter like kind of the uh halfway point of the game and then I'll be getting to the last part uh for it. But um it's it really isn't still not scary, um, but I'm pushing through to that game. I should be done with it. My goal was to be done with it yesterday, but because the phone call tour and let me let me you just say the part with the creepy spider lady that has things flying out of her vagina. Um, no. <laughs> oh God, it's I, it, 
It's a thing. Expect this, but it's a thing. Uh, 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 yeah, I have to be ready for that. Um, I actually put in uh, Resident Evil 4 for my Xbox One. I was playing a little bit of that. And I was just like, ooh, these controls are so different. <laughs> like, playing Resident Evil 7, then playing 4, be like, ah, okay. Um, but I, it's weird, cause I own 4 for, uh, Xbox One. I own 5 for PS4. I don't have 6, and I own 7 for Xbox One. Um, but I'm getting through that. Uh, uh, so that's what I'm playing. Um, I did buy, uh, uh, Yoshi's Woody World, Poochie and Yoshi's Woody World. So, um, that's still in the case. I need to pick up Poochie. Yeah. Um, they only does two. Really? Yes. Jesus. We, we didn't get the Poochie amiibo. We literally got the, uh, the game with the Poochie inside for 50 bucks. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, but I paid. I don't want the 3DS game. I just want the damn Poochie amiibo. They should have it yep. out though. Um, I, I don't know where, uh, you have to find it at, but they do have it. I, I know I, I only paid like $35 for it. So. Yeah. So no, it's, it, it's a solid game. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to keep my pooch. Uh, I'll definitely go keep the poochie in the case. Um, and then just, and just play the game when I get a chance. I still need to play Pokemon Sun and Moon and Mafia 3. All of that sitting like. Ready to go. Um, but that's what I've been playing. Uh, and I got to say that, um, a review uh, for Resident Evil 7 is coming. Um, I do have a grade for it. Um, I have a World 1 1 grade for it, but I'm going to wait till I give, do the review for that first. And then, uh, be able to give you guys the uh, final review for it. Um, and and just a side plug, um, I am doing an optional opinion uh episode about it with uh Life of Gaming's uh very own Josh Brent. Cause he's playing the game in VR. In PlayStation VR. Okay. So um I kind of wanna uh see Is he gonna play it in non VR just to see how it compares? He tried to and he said it uh, he said he played it for fifteen minutes without the VR and went back into VR. He said it's uh really? Yeah, he's just like, there's a big difference. Like, <clears throat> I guess the scares and that feeling of horror and, you know, suspense is not there when you're just, when you're just like playing it on a TV. You like to get that full experience, you have to play it in VR. So we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, I mean, we're gonna be talking about the game and talking about the differences of watching, of, you know, playing it on TV and playing on, uh, PSVR. So we're gonna be talking about that. Um, I just gotta wait for him to finish the game and, uh, I'll be finishing up the game real soon. But, um, the review for it will be coming soon. Right on. Uh, let's see. I actually did play stuff this week. Um, I, I dinked around with uh, Love in a Dangerous Space Time, which, if you're playing by yourself, it's god-awful. Um, something about that, like, it would become more tolerable if I had three other people on the couch with me. Mm-hmm. But even still, I was seriously having a hard time with this game. This game was like Lisa Frank on drugs. It, I'm like, why the fuck am I rescuing space buddies? 
that shoot fucking rainbows out of their heads. What the hell is happening here? Clearly, I have not done enough acid for this game. Yeah. It <laughs> It looks on weird. That, all I can do is look at this little gumball ship and be like, what fucking idiot designed this? Because you've got your controls for the engine in the middle, and a control for one gun on top, and a control for... And put walls in the middle of fucking everything to make it a giant pain in the ass to get to anything and everything. Dumbest thing ever. Why? Did you do that? I could see it being marginally more tolerable uh-huh. if I had other people to play it with, but I didn't. And I probably won't ever. And so it will just get deleted off of my hard drive because I cannot stand it. Like, I, I seriously, I gave it a fair shake. I played this thing for probably two hours. Wow. And I just, like, I was kind of having to force myself to keep going to not just look at it and go, this is dumb, I quit, it deserves a fair shot. And I got two hours in, and I'm just like, no, no, we're done. I, I gave you two hours of my life that I will never get back, and I don't get any of the drugs that the guys that made this were clearly on in exchange for my time, so I'm not having it anymore. Wow. But uh, after that, though, I immediately popped in Sunset Overdrive and felt a whole lot better because fuck me, that was fun. I can, yeah, I need to work on that game, get it done. Um, I do want to try Project Cars when it comes out. I want to try that one and the uh, Star Wars Unleashed, the Xbox Three Sixty One. Oh, Force Unleashed. Force, Un- Force Unleashed. Yeah. Um, they said that one was good. They said that one and the Wii version was good. Uh, part two, I don't think uh, they gave it props, but I know they said the first one was good, so I want to try that when it comes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure I'm going to piss off people when I say it, but I'm not super nuts about Star Wars. But yeah, there, there's parts of it that I enjoy, but I am not hardcore on Star Wars, have to play every Star Wars thing. And I saw Force Unleashed, and I'm like, okay, the trailer looks cool. When I started watching the gameplay, and I'm like, mm, I'm no longer interested in this. Well, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Star Wars. Um, like, But like I said, uh, Seven and Rogue One Rogue were One good. Rogue One was fucking awesome. Which one? Rogue One was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, I love Rogue One. Um, the original trilogy is the one I have the problems with. Uh, four, five, or six. Trilogy... The prequels, at best, are a mixed bag. Yeah. I won't say they're all utter garbage. There, there's some high points in there, but not enough consistently goodness to make it good. I did like Rogue... I'm sorry, but Force Awakens sucked. I did like Rogue Squadron on uh, GameCube. Like, that one was really good. Like, I, that kind of sold me on getting the GameCube. I was going to buy one anyway. Um, but playing that, uh, playing Rogue, uh, Squadron on, um, GameCube was just, like, really nice. Um, episode seven you know what was. The best Star Wars game was? Hmm? The fucking Pod Racer on 64. Oh my gosh. Ah, the oh, death. Oh, yes. I need that game in my life again. Mm-hmm. I have not been able to find a copy and it makes me sad. I actually played the PlayStation one, but then I, uh, was just like, I got rid of that PlayStation one. 
after I seen the 64 was like someone was selling it real cheap. I picked that mug up and played it and was just like, this is close to heaven. Like, it's oh, yeah. so much fun. I need a new pod racing game that needs to be awesome, just like 64. Just yeah. like remake 64 and polish it up a little bit. Don't touch the controls. Mm-hmm. Don't touch the physics. Just pretty it up. That's it. Mm. Remember that fighting game, that street fighting game? They had on PlayStation 1. <laughs> that was like, oh, that God. was, that was complete and utter garbage. <laughs> Like, who yeah. had the idea to make a fighting game out of these, this Star Wars game? And I, I think it was getting close to, they was running out of money for development or something, so they, they just put it out. It was terrible. Uh. I, exactly which one you're talking about, too, and I cannot think of the fucking name of it. Yeah, uh, the Super Nintendo ones, I was, uh, that was utter trash, too. No, they weren't. They weren't bad, they were just hard. It, they didn't play well. They were not unfair. But uh, I literally uh, had to cut the game off and just be like, "This is horrible." And then I started playing Batman. I started playing Batman Return on Super Nintendo. Uh, Love that beat 'em up from Konami. Oh Lord! And shoot, that's when they was on a roll. This is true. So, not to. Yeah. What else did I play? I played Hexic for a while this week too. Oh. Like I just, I, I had this inclination to, like the the baby was sleeping. Uh huh. I was just laying in bed and like I don't want to wake the child, but I want to play something, and I don't want to play anything that I need any real effort to play. So I'm scrolling through my games list on my 360 in the bedroom, like, oh, there's Hexic. That's a quiet game. It won't wake anybody up. Here, boop. I sat and played that for about two hours and felt actually pretty decent afterwards. So it, it's it's a wonderful mind-numbing puzzle game, um, which begs the question of why Microsoft never sold it. Because you can only get Hexic HD if you bought a 360, like, brand new, you know, when they first came out. Mm-hmm. You can't go on the Microsoft store. You can't go on there and buy Hexic HD. You can buy Hexic 2, which I did not like, and I thought it looked terrible, but Hexic HD, I liked. Couldn't buy it. So I ended up with a copy of it. Was it I an liked. indie game when it came out? Yeah, it was It was something on Xbox Live Arcade, but it came as like a free download if you bought, you know, your 360, like when it first came out. Mm. So I wonder if it's a license problem or something. I don't know. But I ended up with a copy because I lied to Microsoft when I got my Xbox 360. I told them that I had one before. And then for some reason, my account didn't transfer it right. And like, well, we don't see it here. I'm like, well, that's your problem. Fix it. <laughs> so I made him put it on my account so I could download it. <laughs> that's a shame. You know what? I'd have paid for it if they'd have sold it. Seriously, I would have had no problem giving them money to buy the game. But they didn't give me the option. So fuck them. And you still can't buy it today? No. Oh, that's very, that's very weird. It's stupid. It's even backwards compatible on the Xbox One, too, but you still can't buy it. Like, whose brilliant fucking idea was this? But did they ever put it on disc? No. 
Hold on. So they got a backwards game that they that you can't buy. That's not on disc. Yeah. It. Wait, huh? That's stupid. It is stupid. I don't get me wrong. I'm glad I have it, but do, seriously, <laughs> do seven means this because you had this game finished, but you wouldn't sell it to anybody. Fucking retarded. Hmm. Yeah, that that that's very very weird. I mean, now at this point, it's too little, too late, and you're not going to recoup anything for it. But you know what? Back in the day, you could have made some bank on that. I seen someone playing the game Outlast today. I'm like, oh, this looks kind of cool. Um, I need to start pl- messing around with that too because that does look interesting. Uh, Metroid and Ikaruga mixed together. I was just like, oh wow. Ooh. Yeah, I was watching it. The guy playing, he was just like, um, it deals with a lot of blue and reds, and he was just switching. And so the polarity thing, I'm like, oh, that's nice. And then it just had that Metroid vibe because it had a map to it. Um, uh. but it looked like, it looked, it looked like levels almost, but actually everything is connected. I, it, it was just a, I think I, I jumped in looking at it too late. Um, but it looked quite interesting. I'm like, oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Cause when he started changing colors and it was just, I was just like, oh, this is Ikaruga all over again. Actually, it kind of reminds me of, um, there, there's a Wii game. Uh, it's a shoot 'em up. I gotta find it because I think it's on my black Wii. Um, uh, it's a shoot 'em up game that deals with blue and red. It's like a five level thing, two D level, and I have to look for it. I don't remember this at all, actually. Yeah, it was a it was a WiiWare title. It was like uh the year. Uh, the year before they would stop selling the Wii and stuff. No. About three years before they stopped selling the Wii. I'll have to look it up in probably next episode. Oh, when you find that, tell me. I want to know. Yeah, I will. Because uh, it was, because uh, I think the character is female and I she's not on a broom, I don't think. I, yeah, I'll just have to look it up. But it has the red, it has the red and blue um, color scheme. So, uh, but it still does it like Ikaruga, um, which is weird because Ikaruga is the only game that I know of that does that with black and white. No, black and uh, blue, light blue. Uh, Ikaruga was black and white. I thought it was light blue. No, nope. oh. black and white. Okay, uh, you know what? It it probably just looks uh blue on the screen sometimes because it's a, or, or like a real lightish blue for some for some unknown reason because i i know the uh third boss was it the third no the second boss uh when he has the shield blocking it and you have to use that co- uh color to open it up i know the right side is white and the left side is black for the red black beans to come out and the white side is the white and light blue beam, I think. It's supposed to be. I feel like I need to play some Mikaruga this week now. 
She asked me the time since we brought it up and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I will let you know about that. We were, uh, gang. Cause yeah, it looks like a lot of gangs are doing, went going that blue and red, uh, out of me. Yeah. So Larry, what's been, what are you thinking of picking up in the future? Like what's on your game radar? Um, well, shit, I've got my, uh, I've got my orders in for the Switch. Um, there, there's the obvious on the horizon. I will be getting Breath of the Wild because fuck yes. Um, that's all that needs to be said at that point because it's been talked to death already. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it again. Um, beyond that though, I've also got, uh, reserves in for, uh, Binding of Isaac Afterbirth on the Switch. Yes. Um, and the other one is uh, has been heroes, which looks fucking cool as shit. Yeah, I like, really want to play that one, dude. Twenty dollar game, physical copy, looks neat as hell. Like it's oh, they doing physical kind for of it, an RPG, but not really. I'm not even sure how to exactly to describe it right, but I figured for twenty bucks, what do I care? I've got something extra to play now, right? So I'm not going to argue with it. In worst case, if I don't like it, I'm only out twenty bucks. I'll turn it back in. But honestly, it's it doesn't even look like anything that would normally be my cup of tea. But for some reason, watching it, something just clicked and went. You know what? I want to play that now, just to see if I like it. Uh, I'll spend twenty bucks on for the price of admission just to find out. That's worth it to me. Oh. And on top of that, oh my god. Yay for the fact that there are budget games happening at launch. Yes. Why does this needs to happen more? This must become a new prevalent thing. Things, Plain and simple. Like ranging from like twenty to sixty. Uh, type, uh, there budget. needs to be more like twenty to thirty dollar games happening at system launches too. Not everything needs to be this big hurrah. You know. Throw in a couple of twenty thirty dollar games, and one of them will probably be decent, turn into a neat little gem. Right. The other two will probably be fucking forgettable. And you know what? At the very least, it makes a, a system launch so much more wallet friendly, to where you're not pissing off the people that just spent hundreds of dollars on your new system. And the same goes for you, Microsoft and Sony. Fucking learn a lesson. Well, it's funny, you know, a lot of people were upset about the launch titles and then more titles started coming out, like more announcements. And it just seems like that price range of maybe $10 or $15 because, you know, I don't know what indie games are going to be dropping at the launch, uh, at the launch day, if there will be any. But, uh, starting with has been, uh, has been heroes, like starting at 20. I think Iron Set Suna is like $40 or $30. That's um, a reasonable price for that. I was going to say, if that comes out at 60, I'm not going to be happy about that. Well, but. It, it came, I think it came out 40, 30 or 40 on, uh, PS4 when it came out. Um, but it's a Square I Enix title. It's come to Switch at 30, given that it's been out for a while now, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not expecting it. I expect that to come out at 40. Yeah. If it if, comes out higher than 40 on Switch, there's going to be a problem. No, I think it's going to be lesser. Um, because if they, 
I think it comes from one of their just like little smaller teams. Uh, so, uh, and I, th- it did pretty well. It did pretty, pretty well, but, and I think it's going to do, it has to do fantastic on Switch. Not saying that we need that support, but I'm just like, you guys literally are going to enjoy yourself hearing this soundtrack on the go because some, some, like my Sony headphones, like it's, I, I'm ready to order another pair of headphones just for it's my got switch a gorgeous soundtrack and it's got a great like chrono trigger feel to yeah it. yeah uh, uh you know so for everybody that's been you know sitting on their thumbs waiting for something you know in that vein to come to nintendo again there you go go get i am setsuna and yes and look and people are and people literally are buying Barberman are of course a legend of zelda but there are people now get a one two switch. Like they're kind of interested in playing it. Like the people had their doubts and be like Yeah, I know. But you know what some people are just like, I I'd rather take a chance on this game than just say that I'm not getting it or anything and then go to my friend's house, enjoy it, and then be like, Now I need to get this game. Like some people have been turning around. Like it, it's kind of weird that people's anger and attitudes towards Nintendo's launch lineup has changed. And now people are, and just like you, Larry, when you're talking about having a good budget from 20 to 60, a lot of people are now realizing that, that, you know, I could still get the system, some accessories, but I'm already know that I could get a game. That's just not legend of Zelda. I could get yeah. some other games that's within my budget and stuff. Cause I, and I would tell people, told people, I'm just like, if you did PS4 and Xbox One, you could have about 20 or 30 games, but majority of them was ports and everybody who got a PS4 was playing Gun. Yeah, like, to me, the only game that I see in the launch lineup, like, day one launch, that, for me personally, is just throwaway and I have no interest in, is 1-2-Switch. It's not that it's a bad game, it's just that I know me personally, mm-hmm. I will get zero of anything out of that game, so I have no compulsion to buy it. There's other things that I want to spend my money on, on day one, that I want to play. Would you, would you I'm not get it? knocking anybody for mm-hmm. getting into one two switch? I can see the appeal. It's just not an appeal to me. Would you get? Would you think you'll pick it up if they did like a sale for like twenty bucks or like a digital sale or something? Or for for that? No, no I have no use for it. There is nothing in there that makes me go. Eh, it's cheap. I'll buy it because I still won't play it. Okay. I just, I can't fathom any scenario in which I sit on my couch and go, I'm going to play a video game today. What am I going to play? I've got all this stuff, and at no point will 1-2-Switch jump out and go, I'm the game you have to play right now over everything else that you have to pick from. It's well, not happening. Well, and I could, I could see that because, it, you know, it is meant for a party game. It's not meant for, like a uh, single player, you know, just want to play a game. So I can understand that. Um, I, I guess I was just going at it, uh, like if the value of it for you, uh, would justify a purchase and you just, and you just said no. Oh. So, I mean, I mean, and that's fine. That, I mean, that's very understandable. And I, I kind of like that viewpoint that, you know, people say, well, I'm not just going to get it because it won't fit me and it won't. And, and, but I'm just like, well, you won't get it now, but if they had a sale on this item 
for you to get it would you get it yeah i'll pick it up for 20 bucks so i'm just like you're not mad at the game you're mad at the price that you have to pay to get this game where you ask regardless of what the value is it's not suitable for you because a you won't get no entertainment out of it b you won't be using it as much because it's just like you want a single player experience you don't want it as a party game like you can't get a single player experience out of a party game like who you gonna be milking cows and shooting up by yourself <laughs> well that last line <laughs> that last line didn't come out right <laughs> Oh God! But 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 you know a bunch of games. There was fucking news this week. I got all kinds of hype. Holy shit! Get hype, son, because motherfucking Phantom Dust is getting a physical copy release on Xbox One before E3 this year. It's the uh, remaster. No. The the one that they announced a couple years ago is like indefinitely on hold or canceled or God that, knows that, what. That game is canceled. They're, they're taking the the assets from the original and they are re releasing it on Xbox One, which means I can fucking play online with friends again. Mm. That game was awesome. Well, I know, I know we talked about. Well, I don't know if we talked about it, but I know they mentioned that it was going uh, backwards compatible. Um, but I didn't know they was doing a physical release. Yeah, um, but if it's backwards compatible, I still can't play it online with friends because the servers are gone. So they, so they are bring, so they are just kind of doing a remaster, a re-release in yeah. a sense. Okay. Yeah, and I'm perfectly okay with that because holy shit, that game is awesome. But that we, was a budget game for the ages, dude. Like this game looked like it had a solid, you know, maybe not quite triple A budget. Yeah, but it looked like it had a solid, you know, production budget, and it had some just spectacular production value to it. Yes, came out brand new, twenty bucks. But when when did they announce they was doing the physical version? Because I thought they just announced that it was backwards. That was this past week. I didn't see it. I didn't see that announcement. It's it's there, and I'm pretty sure I posted it on the Facebook page, too. But, yeah, no, dude, get hype. Motherfucking Phantom Dust, you and me, we're still going to be playing. Yeah, I had to pick it up. I, Of course, I didn't have a 360, so. Um, well, it wasn't a 360. It was, uh, it was original Xbox. I thought it was 360. Uh-uh, no, sir. That was original Xbox. You gotta go all the way back. Ooh, goodness. Okay, then, uh, okay. But then how is they doing it backwards compatible? If it was, uh, Xbox three, uh, Xbox game. Backwards compatible from the original to the 360, but that would have been it. Right, but if they're making it digital though, see, that's why I thought it was 360. Mm-hmm. No, but like I said, Xbox One is getting a, a release of Phantom Dust. They're taking the original game, the original assets, and they're basically just redoing it to run on Xbox One architecture and putting up new servers so we can all play online together and just relive the glory that is that game. Cause, ah. So it's, so then they're just doing the, they just went ahead and did the full remaster and not just backwards compatible. Like, yeah. like if you own the disc or you own the game, you could just, okay. Cause, yeah, because if you said the services down, servers are down, you wouldn't be able to. You can't play Xbox, that regular Xbox games on one yet. Right, like I said, it's it's not you know it's not just saying here this is now backwards compatible. 
They're saying, we're going to re-release this game, but on Xbox One framework as an Xbox One game. And I can only imagine they're going to release it for 20 maybe 30 bucks. which at that point, there's still no excuse to not buy this game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now we've got live servers again to play it online and get our game on. And, oh, oh I am so happy about this. You cannot fathom. For those that are not familiar, Phantom Dust is, at its core, it's built like a card game. Yes. Um, you you spend you know your your time roaming the the hub world and getting the story and getting your missions and everything and building your deck and all that. But when you actually go out on the missions and you're you're in combat, it plays like a straight up action game. And it's, you know, it's a, a four-player kind of arena fighter, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, an arena maybe not even quite the right word. Think a little bigger than just an arena. Like, not like Power Stone. Um, but in any case, um, each player has their, their starting space, and there's three little orbs, and each orb is like one of the top cards off of your deck. And so you'll pull it. And you assign it to one of your four face buttons, your A, B, X, Y, and that's your hand. And some of the abilities are going to be one-use abilities and they're gone. There are others that are reusable until you replace them in your hand with something else. Um, and back in the day, and I'm, I'm almost remiss to give away my fucking killer strategy here. Back in the day, I played with a buddy of mine. We played online forever. We played two-on-two. And uh, he stacked his deck full of cards that when somebody hit him with a a weapon that was on a a matching face button to whatever card he had on his face button, it would lock up their face button for the rest of the game. They couldn't use it anymore. So he would fill his deck with this. So no matter what they hit him with, it was locking up all their face buttons to where they couldn't do anything for the rest of the match. And he would just run around screaming and harassing and taunting them to piss them off. And so they'd hit him, lock up all their face buttons, and then he'd just come out of hiding and come sweep up the mess because they couldn't do anything. Wow. (laughs) That's dirty. No, it's dirty, but it's fucking brilliant team strategy. And to be honest, there was no better bait in the world to piss people off than a 12-year-old kid on Xbox Live screaming about your mother. Wow. But he could get banned for that, can't he? No. He wasn't doing anything illegal or illegitimate. You know, he was taunting, which, you know, at this point, it's fair game. So, but... But but was he taunting, like, through a headset or just taunting within the game? Like... Oh, through a headset. Oh, you know, the, the same thing that's par for the course with any game on Xbox Live. So, well, stuff like that could get people banned and everything. So, uh, well, it never got them banned, but I tell you what, it did do. It got me to the number one spot on Xbox Live in the world on Phantom Dust. Wow! I actually held that position. Uh, uh. Is it still there, or? Oh, it's long gone, but. Let me tell you, I am way excited to have that game back again. Oh, so I wonder how how how'd you defeat that? 
<laughs> yeah, good luck figuring that one out. Nobody else ever did. We didn't lose. <laughs> it, but so he had he had multiple cars of that, or that was the only car he had in his deck. No, multiples. Like he stacked his deck solid with these things. Okay. Because I because I, I assumed that you only able to use it once. Yep. It's it's a defensive button. Like you can't you can't do anything to activate it. Mm-hmm. You just have to leave it sit there. And so say he he pulled it out of his deck and he assigned it to his A button. Yeah. And somebody uses an attack that's assigned on their A button to hit him. Mm-hmm. It locks up their A button for the rest of the game. Oh wow! So stack your hand with all four of those. A, B, X, Y, so no matter what you got hit with, where whichever button it was assigned to on the other guy's controller and his hand was locked. Rest of the game. At that point, once he locked up all their face buttons and they couldn't do anything other than run around, just had to come in and start picking them off. Can they use magic or it has to be an actual melee attack? Well, that's the thing. All the different cards, they're... Some of them are long range. Some of them are melee esque. Mm-hmm. So, but no matter what, there there is no melee attack that isn't a, a card in your hand. So it's built like a card game, but it plays like an action game. So if I use fire, I wouldn't have to worry because I use like a magical fire on him because I didn't do a melee attack. No, even if you hit him with that, it's based on the button. That that card was assigned to in your hand. Wow. Because I thought they would have something to be able to defeat that. Nope. It was straight up dirty pool and it was funnier shit. Wow. <laughs> and Microsoft probably got a lot of complaints about that, so they probably nerfed. I wonder I if they nerfed it. that they did because it didn't, it never got big. It never sold terribly well, but. Man, we had a ton of fun well, playing it. Because people didn't know what it was. Yeah. That was the that was the tragedy right there. Yeah, we actually been talking about uh video game marketing that uh Microsoft and Sony kinda do a bad job of it. Cause it's just like, cause like Halo Wars two is coming out. And I I I'm like I didn't know when it was coming out. And I haven't seen no gameplay of it. Like, the last time I seen anything about this game was at E3 of last year. And some people were just like, well, they had the beta streaming. I'm just like, but nobody was streaming it because they didn't know that it was a beta. Like, there's there's no interest in the game because Microsoft didn't market it. They kind of let the last dragon go to die. Like, they... They do a little bit on Hulu, but, you know, they don't market that game. Like, people don't even know it's in stores or anything. So right. it's just like, what are you guys doing for your merchandise? Like, even with PSVR, they're not doing no kind of marketing for it. Yeah, and it's... Uh, nothing you can do to help them. Just, you know, the only thing you can do is help yourself and reap the benefits of it. Pay attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, seek out the information, um, which, you know, we, we try and bring you some of that information as best we can for, you know, being a small little ramshackle outlet like we are. Um, but, you know, make make yourself mental notes of, 
oh yeah, saw that. Need to check up on that in a month. See if there's anything new. And you got to stay on top of it, you know. And on top of that, reap the benefit because when this shit comes out and it doesn't sell well, and then it goes down in price, if you waited a couple months, you can get that game for a whole lot cheaper than sixty bucks when it first came out. Which, speaking of, holy shit, did you see Last Guardian got a permanent twenty dollar price cut? Yeah, I seen that after release. Ten years in the works, couldn't hold a sixty dollar price point for six months because nobody knew that it was out nobody can not saying that nobody couldn't find it sony didn't advertise it like of course i knew it because of the of my job of my job and i bought it on day one i paid it at like 55 dollars actually i didn't pay the full 60 <laughs> a discount but like it i was determined to get this game as as a day one purchase um but it just didn't get no push like, I when it comes to advertising, I, don't know, I felt like they pushed the hell out of it. Like when it came out, I swear to Christ, I couldn't turn around without seeing another ad for it. I, only ad that I seen for it is when uh, 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 Trico is looking at the looking at the boy when he's like on the hill and they're like looking at each other. That's the only one that I've seen. I haven't seen like no kind of advertisement. I mean, they have they a picture. I spend a lot of time on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, 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 they probably do a lot of advertising right there, but sometimes they only have the picture that just has the last guardian. So like, you know, for some paid ads, I didn't see it. Like, they're going all out on Horizon, Zero Dawn, and, and they're they doing, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and they, they've been doing a lot of marketing. They've been at most of their press conferences show stuff off. They've been using that game. They didn't use the last guardian. So it's just like, what is going on with Sony and this marketing? Like, I wonder if Sony knew that last guardian had problems. Yeah, they knew they allowed that game. They allowed that game to be delayed for 10 years. Well, and on top of that, just in terms of gameplay and controls, that game needed some fine tuning that it never got. And I'm wondering if Sony knew that and just, kind of instead of blowing it out well, and having it come back and bite them in the ass just said you know what we'll put some marketing behind it most everybody that wants this has you know is aware that it's coming we don't have to do much for this the people that want it will go buy it yeah Done. well they um sony and studio japan knew that the game still had problems that's why they delayed it for that year and then when it was supposed to come out, they delayed it like six more months because they was, they had to flesh out the bugs and stuff. So Sony knew. So, you know, even with all this money going into that game, um, with it being released and stuff, Sony was just like, well, let's just be, uh, we know we have to take an L on this one, but let's just recoup whatever we could recoup from it. Right. You know. Hey, you know what, though? Props to Sony, though, for pimping the hell out of Horizon Zero Dawn. Way to go getting behind a fucking new ip yeah. yes more of that yeah but it's it's like, kind don't, of don't just wait for you know this to hopefully do well and turn into a great big success and then make bank on a sequel somebody put their heart and soul into some new ip that looks hella good like that mm-hmm. pick the shit out of it but see that's the problem with sony it's just like i understand that you picking and choosing how you want to market what you think is going to be a, a good game but you have to, but as a first party, 
you have to market every game that's coming every game that's coming under your system your system from you as the publisher you guys need to market that same marketing that uh horizon got the last guardian should have got like if you want to show if you want to show off the four uh the ps4 pro show off more of the last guardian show how what happened when you're using those colors and more of the game to get people interested help us help us see that visualization more don't just continue show horizon and every time you show it it's this i mean it, it feels like it's the same area every time so you know, it's just like, okay, is they going to deal with lavas? They're going to deal with snow? Like, uh, like you have to show me more and instead of it just being, oh, this is, uh, this is how we're looking and it looks pretty in 4K. Like, you have to give that same treatment to, or should have got this to give the same treatment to The Last Garden. Because guess what? When, uh, uh, the next God of War game comes out, that's going to get the same marketing as Horizon. It bloody well better. And then, like, something like Gran Turismo might probably, depending on how that goes, would get the marketing of The Last Guardian. You know, I almost wondered, too, if they laid off, they they took their foot off the gas on marketing for Last Guardian just because it may not have been money well spent. And hear me out. Mm -hmm. Shadow of the Colossus, well, a phenomenal and fairly successful title, didn't have a huge mass market appeal. You know, not like games like God of War did. Yes. And so, at this point, I think they kind of looked at it and went, everybody that's in, that's looking forward to Last Guardian came to us from Shadow of the Colossus. They already know we don't have to spend a lot of money because these people are already paying attention. We just kind of have to give that general reminder, oh yeah, hey, it's out, go get it. And leave it at that. Versus putting something like Horizon or the new God of War out where these are mass market appeal games that, you know, you can throw ads for this shit on the Super Bowl, which has frozen. And, uh, you know, that's one of those things that you will, every time you put out a new installment, you will grab new people in that weren't there before. And so... And I don't think that that was going to happen with Last Guardian, at least not to the degree that it would have with things like, you know, Horizon or God of War. Uh, well, I mean, there has to be a story between Sony and Studio Japan because Sony owns Studio Japan. So it's just like, what is it about this as a developer that you guys are not fully believing in? Uh, that you're recognizing in? Because you believe in your support every other part sec or um, every other party and developer that you that works for you as a company, but when it comes to Studio Japan, it's just like, are you letting them do uh, everything up to their own devices, or are you guys stepping in to do something? Because that's one of the problem. I think that's one of the problems that Microsoft and Sony has. They don't have people who are developers who could clean and help a game and get ideas out. And, you know, they, I feel like they, they are more about the business where like Nintendo, most of the people that we know, they have all been in, in development. If I threw a Numa on, let's just say, uh, um, like Duck Hunt 2 HD, if I do a Numa on that, 
Anuma might still have some ideas and be able to help that team and direct them. No one at Sony and Microsoft is there to do that. You know, like, like if we talk, if we talk about, if we talk about Microsoft, Phil, uh, Phil Spencer is the first one that could feel, not, I don't say Phil Fish. Phil Spencer is the one that comes up. He's business. We already know that, you know, he here listens to the gamers and he's a gamer at heart and he's, but he's still about business. If we talk about Sony is, uh, you shot, uh, Yoshi, uh, should oh, I cannot think of his name. Um, remember Sony, Sony too, first and foremost is not a game company. Sony first and foremost is an entertainment empire. No, they they really are about technology. Uh, they really are about sound. That was what Sony has Sony or has always been about. Sony has always been about the quality of sound. So that's why when you buy a Sony product and you hear their headphones and you hear how uh, stuff comes out of their products, it sounds so good, like like very top quality, because that's what Sony was known for. So, but uh, but you just don't have, you, like. They're still business, and they don't have no one at that company to be to be the head to be like, okay, this is the company's Miyamoto, or this is the company's Kimishima or Iwata or stuff like that. Like, you kind of don't have that with Microsoft and Sony. Like, it like even and paying all my respects to Iwata and stuff. Like, if Sony had an Iwata, who is it? Who could go in and help a company's game? Um, be better than what it is because i think iwata while he was living probably was looking at some uh wii u games and wii games and even 3ds that was coming out from nintendo that didn't have the, that quality but he was able to give feedback to make it better right and he's president of nintendo at that time so to have that side of game development like we just don't have that for sony and microsoft no i mean they're there's a distinct difference in how those companies run their business. Yes. And you, you can see the difference in priority. Now, by the flip side, though, I, I think sometimes that runs to Nintendo's detriment, too. Because look at how... God, look at the last 10 years in terms of how they they market their stuff. You know? We, we look at it and we get all excited about it. But most of the rest of the world goes, Huh? The fuck? Yeah. So it's it's a trade off. There's give and take. You know, we we get better games out of it, but those games don't sell nearly as well. And even yeah, and even with Nintendo Direct, well, see, and that leads into, uh, and this might be for another day. I it it leads kind of to the Western and eastern development of games and stuff like nintendo pushes hard i think with their marketing with the nintendo direct uh definitely like if you look on twitter they uh and you uh follow them they've been doing the little yoshi uh little kind of clips little funny things you know but they've been advertising the game and stuff and sony and microsoft and a lot of western third parties don't do that because they believe that if we just show an image and give you an idea of what the game is, based off a of name alone, our title is going to sell. Well, let's see. Tomb Raider sold a million and Square Enix wasn't happy. Oh, fuck Square Enix. That was great. That was a great game. And you yes. know what? 
set your expectations accordingly. Jesus. And no Man's No Man's Sky got so much hype and people who was just like was getting death thrust because the game was being delayed. Look how that game turned out. Like they had to wait to get a patch. Um, for it to be better. And then it releases on PC and you barely could play the game. Oh God. I thought we were done talking about No yes. Man's Sky, but I'm glad you brought it back up again. <laughs> but I needed that excuse to laugh. <laughs> but it, you know, Batman Arkham Asylum had is, uh, no, Arkham Knight had so many problems. Evolve is no more. You know, it, Evolve was marketing, but, well, with the controversy of this DLC, Evolve was, had a, had a, uh, spotlight in, um, Game Informer. Mm-hmm. And they, their expectations was high. Well, that game probably sold well, I think, but you can't even, there's no more service. The company went out of business. So it's just like, what happened to all these big name games and titles that people think that's going to sell? And if, if I had to, if I had to push Nintendo out this whole conversation, I think the only two games that have made a major impact on across Microsoft and Sony's platforms have probably been Overwatch and Grand Theft Auto 5. No, I, I can get behind that. Like, as much as you want to talk about The Last of Us and stuff, The Last of Us is a naughty dog game. And, like, it, it, it could be a personal classic, but it doesn't, it, it never did the numbers that Grand Theft Auto V and, and, uh, Overwatch has done. And, and that uh, continues to do, and continue to do numbers. But it's like a perfect 10 in a lot of people's eyes and stuff. Let, let's look at inside. Overwatch is a strange phenomenon too. Yeah, you know, because Overwatch is one of those that Grand Theft Auto is one of those that gets everyone out to go buy it. You know, that's that's a big event when that shit comes out. You know, all the people that don't play anything but maybe they pick up a you know a, a copy of Madden or NBA every year, and that's the only reason they have a game console is, you know, their their yearly sports fix and the last Grand Theft Auto that they still play until the next one comes out. And Grand Theft Auto has a unique ability to get these people out to the stores day and date to go buy the new one. Overwatch, on the other hand, is doing, you know, numbers that are, by all rights, should be maybe not quite Grand Theft Auto-esque, but... Just in terms of scale and success, mm-hmm. Overwatch is doing that, but without reaching those same people. Somehow it's getting everybody to go buy it, including those that don't buy but maybe one or two games a year. Yeah, and and that's and and the, and that's getting that easily lapsed market. And that's the weird thing for me. It's just like. With, with a lot of Western party games coming out, they can have the, they can be like the budget and the production of that game could be huge and the expectations could be huge. But when you work at retail and you see that same game sitting on stores, shelves that got, that got game of the month that people are saying that you need to get and stuff. And when you're seeing it on shelves for months, or if for weeks, or even on the day of release, nobody is getting it, even when they do get paid. It's just like, okay, 
now it, it it becomes a question of like are are the games selling at GameStop and not here? You know, or where people are getting their games and stuff for for the sale numbers to be what they are. Because like I understand people digital plays a lot into it too. Yeah. And and I understand people who are these who's these uh decided to go digital, which I gotta say finally Sony is doing the external hard drive, so I gotta order one whenever they release it. It took them all a whole generation and three years to do it. I'm just like really? It took y'all this long? Yeah. You know what game lost its mass market appeal or what series? I'm still I can't say I'm baffled as to how because I've watched what's what's happened in this series and between that and what's happened with Call of Duty, but Halo has had a huge drop off. Like look look at the last two main entries. Mm-hmm. Look at four and five versus, you know, every all the hype, all the big huge midnight release parties for Halo two and Halo three even, you know? These were tremendous lines around the block, you know, at GameStops for that shit. It was huge. Halo 4? Not so much. Halo 5? Oh, Lord, even less. Yeah, it's just not bringing out the numbers anymore. Um, Because of Bungie, once they, I think once they left the project, um, people became wary of 348 Studios because they didn't know really what they made. Um. But even Bungie, but, but you know what? Even though that that says uh, for the Halo series and it's a new chapter, I think a lot of people weren't just willing to go back into it because um, you kind of had to grow up with the Halo games to get the appeal on why it was such a major thing. And a nope. lot of people, I thought four was the four was my favorite out of all of them. Truthfully, I and I and I need to play four. I actually need to because uh, I got the Halo Master Chief Collection. So like, I'm not nuts about the Halo series. Like I enjoyed the single player. I never got anything out of the online mm-hmm. multiplayer. It's not my cup of tea. I've said it before. I'll say it again. With but that- you know, in terms of single player, the story's not terrible. But you know, I played one, two, and three, and then I popped in four finally for the first. Like I'd played one, two, and three before, uh-huh. and it was this was maybe a, about two years ago, and uh, I picked up all of them again just to play through them all in order. It had been a while, and I hadn't gotten to play 4 yet. So I picked them up, and then I got to 4, and I popped it in. And holy shit, I was floored. I'm like, this is fucking spectacular. It, apparently it took Bungie leaving for me to love this series now. And see, uh, uh, people, I guess the, the, the reason I said, you know, you have to be an older, uh, younger gamer, or during that time when it came out to love the Halo series... The, the the matchmaking, you know, the multiplayer, the online structure was huge back in the day on Xbox One and 360 for all those players. And it's not so much a thing now. Um, yeah, a lot of people didn't care about, like, I wanted to play Halo 4 because, and I need to because when they first looked, when they first put it out, I'm like, this is Metro Prime on a whole Microsoft level. And it looks gorgeous. Well, it was gorgeous, and the story was great, and the gameplay was a fuck ton of fun. Yeah. Um, but but that being said, you know, I think Halo lost so much of its audience to Call of Duty because so much of its audience came from that online multiplayer perspective. Mm-hmm. And with Call of Duty now, they're getting an update to that every fucking year 
rather than going years in between. And that's when and see that's when Infinity War was on a roll. And at when Activision made that decision to fire uh the two creators of of Infinity War, um it kind of went sour for both of them because Respawn, you know, Titanfall was a hit but it had its problems. And Titanfall 2, even though it's a great game, it didn't sell well. Call of Duty fell into the cycle of going to three developers and it always being recycled. And so it lost its appeal for it being a series. So Activision and uh Respawn lost out and that's what make it that was I personally feel like this is what is hurting the Call of Duty series. It's just like you guys are reiterating the same thing. And when you left Infinity, when you let the two guys who created Infinity War go to, and they went ahead and started their own company at EA, it just didn't go right for either game. Sale numbers are a completely different thing, but you get the complaint of people saying this is the same game. This is the same trick. This is the same engine that you guys are using. And your game is selling less and less and less every year. Your game is supposed to usually sell more and more and more if it's, oh, if it's good. They've so hit the point of diminishing returns. It's a question of how long it takes them to figure that out. Right. And see, about it. And, and see what happens with Nintendo is that people end up having regrets of not buying the game when it comes out. Because you could be like, oh, I could just buy that game later. No, you need to get this game now. Why? Because at Christmas time, all these kids are going to be asking about the Kirby game. And when Nintendo not producing any physical copies about Kirby, you have to, they, you have to show them that you want more copies for it to even be shipped out to be printed on the disc. Or you won't, or you're gonna have to go to Amazon, you're gonna have to go to GameStop, or you're gonna have to just buy the di- digital version. Cause, cause Kirby is the, one of the hottest items that sell over time. And now people are having regrets of not getting a Wii U and looking to get one to play their games. So it's, so it's just like. I, I do not want to see Kirby on the Switch for many, many years. It, as much as I like Kirby, that little son of a bitch is a harbinger of death. <laughs> they only bring Kirby out when the system is dead and dying. Well, it's, I mean, well, Kirby has, I think, been a huge success for the handheld, for his handheld business, um, more so than the console business. Not saying that it doesn't sell well on console. That game will fly out the store in a quick minute. Trust me. That, uh, the, the last one that came out, we, with, I, I think it was like a four player Kirby game or something like that. Um, oh, the last, okay. uh, the last console one? Uh, not the Wii, I'm not talking about the Wii U, I'm talking about the Wii. Just, uh, just to, to, uh, give you an idea on how much people are still looking for that game and yeah. want that game. People are still going to that last Kirby game that was on Wii. Not Epic Yarn, because Epic Yarn sold well, too. Like, that game was kind of hard to find. I think it's going to return to Dreamland, if I remember right. I think so, yeah, because it was like a four-player co-op thing. It started development as a fucking GameCube game. 
Oh, okay. Um, that game became hard to find when it came out because people were buying it. And, uh, when, uh, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse came out and, uh, Robot, uh, Robot, Roboland, a robotic Robo- land. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When that came out, even, uh, the, the Kirby's, the three Kirby ones, the triple something Kirby, yeah. that one sold out. So, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of slowed down, but, you know, Kirby games continually pick up and sell. And if you don't get that Kirby that's out at that current time, once it's sold out and it's not being printed, that's when everybody starts regretting that they didn't buy it. It starts asking about it. Like I even had, like I said, I even have regret because I didn't buy the Puzzle and Dragons and Super Paper, uh, Super Paper Mario, the Paper, uh, the Mario Puzzle and Dragons, like that combo pack game. Like I regretted of not buying it. I literally am happy I was able to get a physical copy of it through Amazon, you know, uh, because it's out of print and. And, and that's, and that's what kind of a lot of people kind of have. Like once, once you say that you don't care about Nintendo, you're not going to buy their games. Once that system, be, once stuff over that system becomes hard to find and then you're going to be like, well, I'm kind of now interested in trying it. It's too late. So you now you have to come out. So a lot of money if you want that system and you want their games and then end up being sometimes end up being mad. Or be like, okay, now I understand why people love this. Um, now I'm mad at myself because I sold this game. Or I didn't pick it up at that time when it came out. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. And that's that. That's 100% true. Which, by the way, Return to Dreamland is on Wii U Virtual Console for 20 bucks. Yes. Uh, I still got to I still gotta hook up my Wii U because I got to buy uh, Bomberman 94. Oh, love that game. I seen that like Thursday, that Thursday and that Friday was like, uh, I told people, I'm like, this is a huge win for Nintendo. Like Barbara man, 94 for your Wii U con- retro console, fire emblem heroes for mobile people. And then Yoshi's Willy world coming out like that Friday, just like that's the triple kick combo. And for some people like me, like it was payday. So I'm just like, yes, monies. Hey. But everybody, that's it for the show. Oh, but before we go, we have a contest winner to announce. So I'm going to hand this portion over to our Sir Larry Giver. All right. Give me a minute here. Hang on. And this is the prizes for She Remembers Caterpillars. Um, so you will be able to get uh, a copy if you are the winner of it. Um, and once again, congratulations to our last winner for the Metroid Benny. Um, I actually got to see it in person on Larry and it's like literally adorable. Like <laughs> it, it was so cool. Um, so Larry, are you ready or you need Hang more, on. more time? Um, we are going to have a little bit more, um, uh, more giveaways coming uh in the coming weeks so uh guys we we want to thank you for liking the page for sharing the page and actually um you know listening to the podcast once again thank you guys uh and that's how our contest kind of goes it's a little bit easy that you like and you share um and right. you know you get in so sir larry who is our winner of she remembers caliper all right, we got a real short pool to pick from. So, you, give me a number, one through four. I'm going to go with three. One, two, 
I will get it to the winner tonight. He's not far away. So, um, but yeah, uh, Larry gets it. Not me. Other Larry. He knows who he is. Um, but I will get him his code by the end of the night. Um, other couple giveaways are coming up. Um, we've got, uh, a few things pending to give away, just kind of waiting for some timing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think maybe in the next couple weeks I may, uh, hit the store and give out, see about putting something together and give away maybe like a $20 steam card or something like that. Ooh. You know, just, you know, something, uh, versatile, a little, you know, a little something for everybody. Uh, and we, we may change the structure of what we're doing for our giveaways and, um, but you know, that's, that's our shit to deal with. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. I'm just going to open up your, your wonder ball head and get out the little toy inside. <laughs> well, Larry, I'm going to let you plug first before I do my plugs. Uh, go ahead. Plug what you need to. Um, we're on Facebook, like the Facebook page. You want to get in on the conversation. We also have the forums page. Um, Check us out at our new home on ShoutEngine.com. Links are on the Facebook page. We're also on the Twitters at uh, World1 underscore 1 podcast. Also find us finally. Thank Christ it took for fucking ever on iTunes. Um, If you like us, we appreciate you. If you, uh, you know, just give us a little star review or even write a review if you want to do that too. Those are all helpful. Those help get us a little more seen by some other people. So that you can, you know, uh, subject other unwitting folks to, uh, the torture that is this show. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all I got going at the moment. Okay. And you guys can check out, uh, you can email this show, World 1 1 Podcast, at World 1 1 Podcast, W O R L D 1 1 Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at that retro code. Um, you can hear my other podcast, Optional Opinion, at the anomalous radio network.podbean.com. Um, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast apps. Um, uh, I would just like to let you guys know I was on Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. So you can check out those episodes on SoundCloud. I did two episodes with them talking about the Nintendo Switch and, um, uh, just talking about some other video games to play. Um, and I'm also on, uh, Life of Gaming. I was a recent um, guest on there, and we talked about sports games, like favorite, some of our favorite sports games. So do check that out. Uh, Life of Gaming is on SoundCloud and is on YouTube of Life of Gaming. Uh, so do check that out. Um, you can also check my other series, The Moment at uh, SkirmishFrogs.com. Um, my optional opinion blog is on IGN under anime, E-N-I-M-E. So do check that out. Like I said, my Resident Evil 7 uh, review will be coming soon for World 101. Um, I am part of the Digital Nerds Advocate, which you can also find optional opinion and World 101 podcast. So DNA Network. Uh, DNA Network.com where, uh, I am part of the DNA and, uh, I help them do Nintendo Power Block with Corey. I'm also part of Team Nerd, uh, T-E-A-M-T-E-A-M and the number three RD, which you can also find us on YouTube, uh, with Kyle Waite. 
Um, I do uh, podcast connected and I do Nintendo Power, uh, Nintendo Pop sessions with them. So do check that out. And I do reviews and let's play. Well, not let's plays, but I do reviews with them. Um, so do check that out too. And with that, everybody also, Adrian Nieto, you can find him at The Frozen Machine and you can find him on YouTube at NBC Video Game Book Club. Also, where we are playing video games uh, for that month for Nintendo. Um, so just throw that out there. Um, we miss our West Coast correspondent, Tony Zilakakis. Uh, he's busy right now. So he's coming back in a few weeks. Yes, he is on assignment. So hopefully when he comes back, we'll have Adrian back. We'll have all four of us and we'll just have a round table of catching up to do with those two. So thank you everybody. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. And with that, we are out. Bye.